0: to be a son, a beloved son, is Christ. Tithe, haven't tithed, irrelevant. Been good with money, bad with money, irrelevant. Christ, that's it. Why would God answer this question? Christ. All of them, why would God heal you? Christ. Why would God give you, you've just lost two marriages, why is God give you a third marriage? Christ. That's it. Would God give you a marriage? Yes. Well, how about the two marriages? going What's this? What's this new religion we're inventing? Yeah? But if you want to be a son of God, then father will father you individually into that situation so it adds no sorrow. Yep. You've lost two marriages, there may be a reason. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) And God wants to work, work, work that out in you. And this is what sonship is. Threefold, fold 60-fold, there are ways of getting things biblically that don't change your character. You can make money in the 60-fold. You can make money, big money. But it doesn't change who you are. You're just using laws. McDonald's can use those laws. Oprah Winfrey can use those laws. Yeah? They're just laws. And you can use them, but if you want to be fathered into it, you want to be a son of God, then every child will go the way that they should go. Yeah? <laughs> this has gone down a different track. But James, uh, no, Peter has denied Christ three times. Jesus is restoring Peter. Yep, restoring him. Do you love me? Yeah, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? There's different loves in there, whatever. But feed my... Yes, Lord, you know I do. Then feed my sheep. Deal. Peter and Jesus, between them, are agreeing to something. No one else is. That's between those two. Yep. And Jesus says, great, you'll feed my sheep. And guess what? You're going to be martyred. Told him after. Yep. Someone's going to bind your hands and take you where you don't want to go. You're going to be martyred. And what does Peter say? It's a glory to that for you, Jesus. No. He goes, "Huh? what about John? (laughs) Instant gut reaction. What about that guy? And Jesus says, what's that to you? I said, feed my sheep. You said, yes. What's that to you if he lives forever? And there's no record of John's death. Yep. Yeah. So maybe he's here. Yeah. 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 Everyone, you, you, you say, yes, I want to be a beloved son of God in whom I'm well pleased. Done. I will to be a beloved son of God in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Then God will take you on a journey. And He will use maybe the desire of your heart. He's that clever. You really want to be a carpenter. Then God could make you the type of person that can govern 10 cities in the era to come through you being a carpenter. Because everything's fractal. You know, fractals are the same pattern on top of each other? They're big and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It's the same pattern going down from one mathematical formula. Okay? Everything's fractal. You think you're going to govern 10 cities? You're gonna make big cities decisions? No, how you deal with three dollars is how you're gonna govern 10 cities. How you get customers for your, uh, and how you treat your customers in your carpentry business, in your dance studio, in your orphanage, in I wanna raise six kids and live on a farm. How you mother six children on a farm is how you'll govern 10 cities. And if you want to be a son of God, a mature son of God, in whom God's will please, listen to him. Somebody sends rain on the good and the evil, who blesses their enemies, blesses those who curse him, praise for their enemies. Then you can do that in any circumstance. And you can do that through the desire of your heart. What is the desire of your heart? What record do you want to release on the earth? God, you can use that. And that's scarier. It's easier just to do what you're told, rather than step out in the thing that's most precious to you. If you step in the thing that's most precious to you, maybe God won't help you. It's best not to know. That's the risk. How good is God? I'd rather have them live in this life that I don't like and have this imaginary world, than actually say God would be that good that I could do that. Yeah, but stepping out into that thing, God is so clever. So generous that any person of any era, of any education level, of any standing, of any time, in any geographic place could become a mature son of God. Listen to him. How the bushman of the Kalahari governs his family and his goats and the trees. We go to heaven, and like, here, so what? Here's the mayor of my city. This guy, what did he do? He became like me. became like me. Yeah. There's amazing stories. Uh, Other people's testimonies, not mine, so I'll let them share those testimonies. But they've met people who really don't behave very well at all according to Christian standards. And God's judged them and God's rebuked them and said, they know God, they know me more than you do. What? Do you know what my favorite color is? That guy does. Do you know if I like fish? That guy does. You know how the minister? That guy knows what I feel about the weather. You don't, know, you don't know what I feel about the weather. You've never asked me about the weather. I made the weather. Are you my friend? Do you love me for me? Jesus, Lord, is a certain dispensation. Jesus as saviour is a certain dispensation. He wasn't saviour before the foundation of the world. He won't be saviour in the next thing going on. So who is he? Do you all know that guy? Who is he? What's the new name? What's your new name? While we're yet sons, what we become we do not know. And God will teach us that in being a carpenter. You won't even know that you've learned it. But you're very happy that you did. (laughs) Who is this guy? Will you love me for who I am? And I express myself through an invisible word. Yeah? Because that's who you are. Everything you learn about God, you just learn about yourself. Yeah? Not ministry. I'm just saying that to say, because we sort of see ministry as the avenue was a hierarchy or some sort? There's some guy with a microphone. There's some hierarchy there. We just default to it. Or ministry fruit. We default to it. But as Dwight was saying, when the gift's taken, <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Will you be his friend? Will you become like him? As he's asking. Yep. And so. Going to God boldly is the first step in saying you are who you say you are and you did what you said you did. I'm coming to you and I need $10,000. Yep. And this guy, God will say, you can have $10,000. Fine. And this person, God will say, yeah, I know what you did with $50. So, uh, (laughs) yeah. And we're going to walk you through a process. So you're the type of person that can govern $10,000 or a million dollars. Do yep. you want a million dollars? Yeah, have a million dollars. You want a million dollars? You want a million dollars? Okay, you really want a million dollars? Yes. Okay, well you've got 20,000 at the moment and you love that fact so I need to take that from you. You ask for a million dollars, get it today. You ask for a million dollars, you lose your business. But God's preparing you to be a person that can handle a million dollars. When you see you don't need the money at all, then you can have it. You have a different childhood? You have a different childhood? God's taking every child the way that they should go. That person's got a million dollars. What's that to you? (laughs) This is the ideal. Yeah, imagine there's some guy and he says, God, I want to serve you. Take me to where it's most needed. I give my whole life, I lay it down. And God says, Will you go to Cambodia and work on the slums there and live on the garbage and take your family down there and look after people every day? He goes, Yes, I will. Done. Goes, angels are assigned accordingly, favor. Uh, terrible things happen, and miraculous things come through. People come through to kill them. Angels hide them. You know, no one sees them. They go out and pray, and eyes are open. Then their visas try to get taken away. Then, then they heal the, the army general's son, so they get visas. You know, he's doing all this stuff, and it's hard work, and it's hot, and their kids are growing up in the slums too. And you know, and uh, and then another guy says, God, what do you want for the earth? What, what can I do? My whole life, and God says. You love engineering. Here's a design to make fresh water out of salt water. Boom. Designs it, brings it to the earth. Multi-millionaire. Got his own jet. Got his own house around the world. Meets presidents. Yeah, doing really well. And uh, one day, he gets out Charisma magazine, flicking through it, sitting there in his jet, you know, just trying to work out money transfers and things like this and deals with governments and he sees there's this guy that lives in Cambodia in the slums and he's prayed and eyes have come back and legs have grown angel visitation have come through things have turned to gold he's like, oh man what's this stupid jet I don't want a jet, I want to see miracles anyway this guy's in the slums gets Charisma magazine out Opens the page. This guy's got a jet. I'm in the stupid slum. Just say yes. And do your thing. Become your sound. As, as Arum was saying, re- reveal the manifold wisdom of God on the earth, what you agreed to do before the foundation of the world. Bring it. And you're qualified. You're qualified and you can get it through fold ways, very difficult, 65 ways, heartbreakingly difficult or a hundredfold through being fathered. You just boldly go and you see the father and you know, you say, will you do this? Yes. Then that's it. He said yes. And you rest in that fact. It's happening. It's on. It started. It's on. And he will take you the way you should go, the way you need to be and he will open those things for you. Yeah. If you want to be a mature son, listen to him. He needs to deal with what's in here. If you're 30-fold and you're 60-fold, then you better be looking out for the Antichrist. <laughs> but if you're 100-fold, the only Antichrist you're concerned about is the Antichrist in you. That's all you're worried about. Luther said, the only Pope I'm concerned about is the Pope in me. Spurgeon said, Spurgeon's only problem is Spurgeon. Yeah? You're only dealing with this. Because if you can't buy, sell, trade, travel, blah, 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 and you're a life-giving spirit, you don't need food, you can trans who cares? It's irrelevant. This coronavirus, this King coronavirus, virus <laughs> was, it's just a little shot over the bow. Just the church's... Whoa. Our money, our this, our that, just just a quick shake. <laughs> yeah. Where is your source from? Right. Can you boldly just go? To, if who cares if Dad's your Dad and Heaven's your source? Right. You're an ambassador. Right. If I'm the ambassador of Australia to America, okay, then Australia pays for everything. I need a car. Australia pays for the car. I need put a party, Australia pays for the party. In the house, Australia pays for the house. I need new suits, Australia pays for the suits. The kingdom pays for everything. And American economy goes up, doesn't affect me, it goes down, it doesn't affect me. Stock market crash in America, and then coronavirus shuts everything down, there's no money. I roll on. I'm living from a different kingdom. Okay? It doesn't affect me. My source is from somewhere else. Yep. So your ambassador is from heaven. And not just ambassadors, but you are, as the ambassador, are the beloved son as the ambassador. That's better. What's the job. The person, the job you got, the DNA, is the beloved son. That's who will compare the ambassador. If I was the beloved son of the king of Australia, <laughs> and I was the ambassador here, that's a closer metaphor. You belong somewhere else. Yeah, And you're everything that he you you're nothing that he's not. Has Jesus had three abortions? No. Then neither have you. Is Jesus addicted to pornography? No. Neither are you. Has Jesus fallen from ministry and disgraced himself? No. Then neither have you. You're him. It's not you that live, it's Christ that lives in you. All is Christ. The only thing that counts is the new creation, the new man. That's what you are. Just believe it. Will you believe me? Yes, yeah, just like sit in a chair. I am the righteousness of Christ. Nothing I can do can change that. I received it as a gift. I'm a new creation. This being is the righteousness of Christ. I'm just going to get on with it. Okay, we're going to talk about that. I've got it background to my sermon. <laughs> but I do want to say that. It's very important. So, condemnation. Jesus uh, died for our sin. It took our sin and our shame on the cross. Yep, yep. And uh, or sin and iniquity, I should say. And this is my take on the matter. And as I research it, some people agree with me, some people don't. They're wrong. It's okay. <laughs> but sins, iniquity, and transgressions. Okay. So uh, Jesus was pierced, blood on the outside, for your sins, naughty things, yeah, outside things, and pierced on the and bruised for your iniquity, iniquity, sin. Sins and sin. All the naughty things you've done, gone, but the naughty thing that you were, also gone. Okay? It's the complete package. Your actions gone, but also there's nothing um, sinful about you. In fact, we'll say there's nothing shameful about you. And that's where we're going. Guilt is, I've done something wrong. Okay? And we know that Jesus forgives us for those things. But shame is, there is something wrong about me. There's something faulty about me. When run goes to see God, God's happy. But not when he sees me. There's just something a little bit faulty about me. Yeah? Inherently faulty. And if you believe that, it doesn't matter what you hear. You're forgiven or grace. Because every time you go, there's something just a little bit faulty about you. And you won't boldly go to the throne of grace in your time of need. It destroys your faith. Shame erodes your faith like this. And the trouble is shame's hard to pick because you grew up in it. It's like growing up with a funny eye and you just can't see. You don't know. Or you're colorblind. You don't know until someone tells you, what, they're different colors? Yeah. You grow up. So guilt, I've done something wrong. Shame, there's something wrong about me. And Jesus scorned the shame of the cross for the joy set before him. The shame of the cross. He became ashamed that we be perfected and holy and delightful in his sight. There's no shame left for you for your sins or your sin. It's gone. You're in the next era, whatever that is, you're already there. And you can boldly go to God at any time. You don't regard your sins, you don't regard your sin, you don't regard your good stuff either. If you think you can go to God because you fasted for 10 days, did Jesus fast, is Jesus fast for 10 days? No, it's Christ in heaven now. That's the only thing. Good and bad, irrelevant. Enemy be silent and take those filthy rags, clothes off that man. Your best priestly garments, the worst thing you've done, doesn't matter. You're a, it's your DNA that makes you walk in there. And you say, God, this DNA that I am, this thing that I am, I'm to manifest on the earth. I'm to become exactly like the Father in heaven, who laid His life down. The Son laid His life down before the foundation of the world. That's the love He had. Everything that's happening out there, Jesus laid down His life for that. He's already paid for all of that. It's good news, and that's what you are. And so. Lots of things in Christianity didn't work for me, or I couldn't sustain them. Like the the clouds apart, like the Simpsons. And then I'd see it, I'd get it, and phew, back they would go. I couldn't maintain that. There's a time I commanded healing, done. And then you lose it. And then there's a time, you know, anything. It doesn't maintain. It doesn't maintain because it wasn't based on my new nature in Christ. It was based on my capacity to maintain this revelation. Yeah. And then to feel good in it. But as soon as you felt shame, the road of faith, Doof, gone. Yeah. And so uh, I've had many uh, health battles in my life. And this whole living off communion thing, which I heard a long time ago. Well, it's from the Christians who have done it through history. And then I found out there's a guy on the earth who's doing it now. <laughs> and he's a Christian. <laughs> like, There's a guy on the earth that doesn't need to eat. And he's a Christian. And you can go see him. What is this madness? I thought, I'm going to do that. So I went to see uh, Kirby. And um, I got it. We speak the same gospel. In fact, that's actually how I met Kirby, because I was preaching. And a guy said, oh, you obviously listen to Kirby DeLanero. I was like, who's that? He goes, what do you mean, who's that? You just preached his sermon. (laughs) I'm like, I've never heard of him. (laughs) And like, that was was a very weird moment. (laughs) And um, so we met that way. And uh, the point is, I did the 5DP um, uh, two times. Very low success. Uh, I did not enjoy it. It was very difficult for me. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, whatever gains I gained in that moment, in the community, in the group context, I lost in the next couple of days. Yeah, and then you feel stupid, and then you feel stupid for feeling stupid. Yeah, I just couldn't access it. And then three times on my own regard, I started, I did my own 5DP at home. Like, right, it's on. Yeah, and every time I got a little bit closer, I learned something new every time. I came up against... This is why it didn't work, this is why it didn't work. Yeah. And then on my sixth attempt, which is the one he did over the internet, November two years ago, yeah. Um, It worked. I lived for a month on communion. I didn't lose any weight, I just was what I was. It's supernatural. I can teach a lot about that. I can do a a 5DP troubleshooting separate program. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I really can because <laughs> I made every mistake you could possibly make but I understood it so well but, and this is what this is the difference and this is exactly what enabled me to get in and maintain it King David was like just favorite of God had intimate relationship with God And we know, you know the story, he stopped going to war, so he's on the roof of his house, and he sees Bathsheba. And people slam Bathsheba for this, what were you doing bathing on the roof? Well, guess what? That's where people bathed, on the roof. So the question is, what was King David doing on the roof? That's the only question here, okay? She wasn't a seductress. She was just cleaning for tomorrow, whatever. Maybe even for, like, the Sabbath or something, you know. So King David orders her. He's got time. Makes objective decision, intentionality. <laughs> gets her, comes back, sleeps with her. And you got to understand that Israel kings were, like, God kings. They're like, kill that person, done. You go kill yourself, done. Like, there's absolute, absolute monarchy, absolute authority. And, um... So he sleeps with her, then sends her away. See you later. Then he gets a message. I'm pregnant. Okay? You think, oh, he'd work it out then. Nope. (laughs) He thinks, I've got a little plan here. Uriah, one of my mighty men that I fought with and saved my life, you know, I'll get him to come back from war, which I didn't go to, and sleep with his wife and get away with it. And Uriah wouldn't do that because he wouldn't sleep with his wife while the other men weren't. And so he thinks, well, well, I need to kill Uriah. And he gets Joash, or Joab, one of the two, and he says, put Uriah in the fighting where it's worse and put him up against the wall. And his army general has to obey him. He does it. Uriah gets killed and other men get killed. To cover up this thing he's done, he he said, "All all these people will die over here who fight for me, who know God in my army. And the uh, messenger comes back and says, we lost these men against the wall. And King David's like, what? <laughs> How did you do that? And uh, he goes, and moreover, uh, Uriah's dead. He goes, oh, all right then. Yeah, people got killed, but Uriah's phew, out, free. And then you know Nathan comes and confronts him and says, you know, a rich man stole a poor man's sheep. And David is murderously angry because that's what happens. The senior in is the senior judge. Yep. What annoys you is you. Remember that. <laughs> it's true. i got some funny stories about what annoys me. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. What annoys you is you. And, um, uh, uh, and he gets angry and then Nathan says, you are the man. You are that guy. And he gets it. Yep. I have sinned. Yeah. Okay. Can we have um, Psalm 51 up? This is the psalm that David wrote in that moment. Yeah. That's how you must understand it. And I'll show you that it was in that moment. And we'll go back to the story in 2 Samuel 12 afterwards. We'll see what happens in the story. Okay. David hasn't just sinned. There's something fundamentally wrong with him. Yeah, this is shame. He's done something terrible. He's done terrible action. But what type of broken, faulty dude do you have to be to do that? To your friends, to Israel, to God, to the Sheba, to the army. Yep, and he's caught. But when David's caught, he is caught. He knows. I have sinned. He's cut. He gets it. He knows the depth of his sin more than we do. As uh, much as it horrifies us, it will have horrified him much, much more. Okay? You must understand that he really gets it. He's not dismissing it. He fully understands the horror of what he's done and the repercussions what will happen. And he writes this at the time. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your lovingkindness. It's got nothing to do with him. It's only it makes a call on God's character. If you say the word, making call, yeah, you know, my servant be healed. Making call on God's character. Nothing to do with you at all. Does it refer to him on this matter? It refers to God and his nature. Yep. According to the multitude. Oh, can we have maybe not King James? We change it to an ESV or something. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll, we'll stay with it then. Unto the the many multitude of thy tender mercies, remove my transgressions. They're making a call on God's character. Because of your loving kindness, because of your tender mercies, because of who you are, remove this great sin in all of Israel, one of the greatest tragedies in all of Israel. Remove this because of who you are, God. Wash me from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before you. Against you and you only have I sinned and done evil in your sight. This is a very powerful truth that's hard to grasp. When you sin, you've sinned against God alone. And The Bible says if you sin against your brothers, brothers sin against you. We're talking about the cosmic crime of it. And David's saying, I've sinned against you alone. Now, there's a few people with a good argument against this: Uriah, Bathsheba, their families, the families of all the soldiers that also died. The trouble that came to Israel from there, the more people died. Yeah. And all these people are dealing with the fallout of David's sin, but for the shame the crime of it, against God only has he sinned. So if you've sinned only against God and God says, it's gone, it's gone. And that's what's happened. Whatever you've done or haven't done, the crime of it is against God alone. And if he says it's gone, if he forgives it according to his loving kindness. David's not saying, I'll do this, and I'll do this, no, it was better the other day, and I actually have been good, pretty, pretty good. Your nature, you are loving kindness. Have you washed me clean? I'm clean. Against you only have I sinned and done evil in your sight, that you may, well, that you might be justified when, when you speak and be clear when you judge. Behold, I was made iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden parts that you shall make known wisdom. Yeah. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. God just wants to be believed. This is his word. This is who he is. Purge me with the hyssop. That's what Christ did. That's the blood on the on the branch that they put over over the seat and said, you're clean. So that's the cross. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. If God says you're clean, then you're clean. If God cleans you, you're clean. You're whiter than snow. And now, your only job is to believe that and stand up straight and walk on and go boldly to God and say, God, I would like to be your mature son. (laughs) Nothing can disqualify you. It's gone. Wash me with your hyssop. If you say I'm clean, I'm clean. If God says you're clean, you're clean. You're whiter than snow. There's only one time in the Bible the term uh, uh, rash, be rational is used. Only one time. Every other time it's just believe. But God used uh, the reason once. He says, come let this reason together. Though your sins may be a scarlet, I'll make you whiter than snow. There's any time when God says to rethink something out re- reason-wise? Everything else is just believe. I said it. You're allowed to reason this one. If you sin against God alone and he's removed that sin, it's gone. If he says you're clean, you're clean. He didn't just take your sins. You've done something wrong. He took your shame. The shame is there's something faulty about me. That still face God baby, if the mother doesn't look at it, the still face for long enough, he begins to realise, I'm on my own. I'm on my own because there is something wrong about me. I am not of the quality to be looked after. And all child college will tell you this. Even if they're 12 years old and the family break up and mum and dad, dad leaves, yep, over financial issues and something else, who knows? The 12 year old thinks, if I was a better 12 year old, they would have stayed. This is how humans, this is because the baby's unfiltered soul. And we still believe that even as adults, this is how the human soul works. We interpret everything through our own existence, our own interpretation. We make a value judgement on ourself. Yeah. That's how shame gets in. Because yeah? the mechanism is now working against us, it's supposed to work for us you loved, 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 and God's good to you, and you go, I must be special. Yeah. And of course you are. But out of Eden, out of that constant gaze, anything that you didn't receive as a child, or anything goes wrong with you today, or your tire's flat, or you lost your money, or something like that, you think, you know, I've served God my whole life, and my marriage busted up, and those persons served God, and they're got jets serving God, (laughs) you know, whatever. So there's something faulty about me. Why me? you know, and all your spiritual programs and principles and all this stuff and all the books you read and all the things you went to, it didn't work. It worked for other people. So there's something wrong about you. It doesn't work for you. That's a human being interpreting shame. I'm faulty. The, the mechanics don't sit on these mechanics. It doesn't connect somehow. And this is what Jesus is removing from you. This lie, this accusation that you're faulty, there's still something stained about you. Low-grade condemnation. If you go to Chernobyl, in the background there's still low-grade radiation. And you won't feel it today, won't feel it in three months, maybe not in three years. But in ten years, (laughs) you'll see the effect of it. That's what condemnation does. There's this low-grade condemnation. It just sits there. And you get used to it. It becomes your friend. When something goes wrong, you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah, things go wrong for me. Oh, I'm not special. I mean, I'm 90% special. <coughs> that thought, it's a, it's a soul cigarette, it's an addiction to a chemical set. Shame is a chemical set. You, you, you can measure it in your blood work. And the longer you feel shame, your cells adjust to it and ex- expect it. When you don't have that shame chemicals going through you, it needs it. So you'll create a situation or you'll remember something and you feel the shame. You go, oh, I feel so shameful. Your body goes, oh, yeah, sweet shame. It works the same way as cocaine works. You start having cocaine, your body says, this is obviously what I need, and your cell receptors change to cocaine receptors. All your cell receptors, trillions of them, Same as shame or dread or guilt. They're just chemicals. You experience them as they hit the cell receptors. And the more you're in that, the more you need like Sugar or anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Adrenaline, thrills. You can literally be addicted to Jesus. And that's fine. (laughs) Just choose your addiction. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean... Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. So, um, yeah, we'll keep going. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou have broken rejoice. Hide my face from my sins, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create me a clean heart, O oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. And for us as Christians, that's just clearing our conscience. Okay, we have a new heart. Next line, this is very important, because There's a lot of uh, Keith Green fans here. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Old Testament king, old covenant king, that's a genuine genuine concern. New covenant kings, impossible. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. Your body is the home. Holy Spirit can't be taken from you. Impossible. You become one spirit. Okay? So it's good. And that just shows where the church is at. We love it. Cast me another way from from your presence, O oh Lord. We love it. You are God in heaven, and here am I on earth. Great Old Testament song. Not a good New Testament song. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Yes, I can understand that one. And hold me with thy spirit. And then I will teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners will be converted unto thee. Are you for real? Your pastor has an affair, destroys the church, realizes he's healed, gets up next day, starts preaching the gospel, and says, hey, you two, whatever, stop mucking around. Well, hang on, yesterday he's had an affair. I'm clean, bro. He's teaching transgressors those words. He's just committed one of the greatest sins in Israel's history, for an individual. One of the greatest. He's been given everything. what God says, "I could give you more." Why have you done this terrible thing? He says, "But if you forgive me, I'm clean. There's no record of it. I sin against God alone." And he gets up the next day and he can tell people, "Hey, stop sinning. Clean, clear conscience, boldly. That's how clean you are." Completely clean. All right, because God doesn't like lighten sacrifice. Can we have um, the second Samuel 13 onwards up? So this is the story, what happens. Nathan's just said, you're the guy, okay? He gets it. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Very consistent theology (laughs) with his own psalm. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord has put, put, put away your sin, thou shalt not die. However, because of this deed you've done on such a great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme you, the child that is born unto you shall also die. Where the Lord's come. The prophets come and says, The child is going to die. Now, if you'd done this thing, would you accept that? I would. Fair enough. Does David accept it? What does David do next? And Nathan departed to his own house. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare. The Bible calls her Uriah's wife always, even in the New Testament. But unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went and lay all night upon the earth. He's still making a call on God's character. The, Nathan, the prophet to the nation, has called him out. Word of knowledge. And then brought the pronouncement of Yahweh on him and said, the child will die. And God goes to, David goes to God to plead for the child's life. That, in its most correct sense, is shameless. In its correct sense. Are you kidding me? He's making a call on God's character. You are a merciful God. This is what you do. This is who you are. You can reverse this decision. And he's fasting in sackcloth and ashes. What for? For the child's life. For his sin? No. It's gone. It's gone. David doesn't refer to his sin ever again. He's forgiven. He's not there saying, God, forgive my sins, I've done such a bad thing. That's gone. That's just a fact. This child's dying, and I know. God's merciful. Perhaps he will hear my prayer. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but would, would not. Neither would he eat bread with them. He wouldn't rise up and he wouldn't eat. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. The servants of David feared to tell them that the child was dead, for they said, Behold, when the child was alive, we spoke to him and he would not listen to our voice. And look how bad he, how much it's it vexed him. What if you tell him if the child's dead? He might do something drastic. They thought he was going to kill himself. That's what they thought. If we tell him the child's dead. But when David saw his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, yes, he is dead. Then David arose from the earth, washed, anointed himself, changed his clothes, and went to the house of the Lord and worshipped. What? Are you for real? So he's down there for seven days, not eating, crying, 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 crying. Not for his sin. There's no record of his sin, just for the baby. The baby's dead, okay. Well, I he gets, washes his face, gets dressed, gets on with it. Either he needs to see Michael because he doesn't understand any <laughs> social regulation capacity, or David, who is exceptionally emotionally aware, has seen very clearly. The only issue was a a dying child, the sin's not there. As soon as the child died, he gets up, washes his face, anoints himself, and walks on. What have you done? What What have you messed up? You've sinned against God alone, and he removes it from you. That and the shame. The sin and the shame. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. It's gone. It's gone. Against him alone, if he says you're clean, you're clean. If he says you're clean, you're clean. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be a scarlet, I've washed them white as the snow. They're gone. There's no record. You can get up and walk on. Worship God. Done a terrible thing, gone. He's happy to see you. He's happy to see Jesus. He changed his apparel, came to the house of the Lord and worshipped. He came to his own house and when he required, they set food before him and he ate. Worship God, had some food. Then he said to his servants to him, then said his servants to him, What's this crazy thing you're doing? <laughs> Thou fasted and wept for the child while it was alive. When the child was dead, you just, you rose up and ate bread. They can't work it out. The child died. You should be sackcloth and ashes. The punishment of God has come to you. You should be weeping, you should be grieving, you should be in sorrow. There has to be a punishment to fit the crime here. You should still be there. What are you doing eating dressed? And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me? Amazing. Nathan the prophet said the child would die. He's like, well, we'll see. I know my God. And he knew his sin. He knew that the child should die. But he knew God was greater. Even your heart condemns you. He's greater than our hearts. Who knows the child might live? But, uh, yeah, that's right. But now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? Should I go to him? Will he return to me? And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife. It's changed now. Uriah's wife. His wife. And went unto her, and lay with her, and she bare him a son, and the son was named Solomon. And the Lord loved him. Are you for real? Because of a clear conscience, he went back to the exact same place of his crime, the exact same place of his sin, with a clear conscience, bore the great king of Israel, Solomon. What's your place? Where have you messed up completely? It's gone. You can go back to the exact same place. Wash your face, stand up, get dressed. Don't care what anyone else says. Don't care what your family say. Don't care what Israel says. And you even don't care what Nathan the prophet says. You only care about God's character and what he says of you. He says you're clean, you're clean. So he's clean. So he doesn't remove Bathsheba. He doesn't think, oh, I'm going to get that woman away from me. Makes it his wife, and in that place, great fruit is born. Literally, Solomon, the great king, and God loved that baby, loved Solomon. Yeah. Sin, yep. Sins, yep. The sin, shame. That that little voice that says, "God's good to other people, just not to me." Or they get. For every turn, this turn the wheel, they get one turn result. But every turn the wheel, I get like half a result. Like it's just harder for me somehow. Yeah. And so, I've been a Christian for a long time. I was a grace preacher when grace preaching wasn't even a thing. <laughs> yeah. And but I had low grade condemnation. And that's why, I couldn't. This 5DP, Kirby, crazy guy, stuff wouldn't work for me, because there's something faulty about me. It works for you, but it doesn't work for me. And I've got evidence in my life clearly that God cares for other people, just not me. or things work for other people, not for me. I've got evidence I could bring it in a manila folder, slam it on the table. But who's report my believing? and I just worked out this, this, this phrase if God says you're clean you're clean it was like like a revelation to me I've always known it but sort of for sins yes I don't, my sin don't care okay but sin shame I felt shameful for lots of still face God baby reasons <laughs> it's my chemical set and I grew up inside it You can't see it. You don't know. You don't know you're anxious until anxiety goes. You go, oh, is this what life is like? Are other people like this? (laughs) You don't know shame is what shame's like until shame goes. So Kirby talking about the five-day program, which is learning to live off communion and the Word of God, he talks about if minus 10 is such a, a traumatic emotion, for emotions from plus 10 to minus 10, zero is neutral, Minus 10 is like so horrific, you want to end your life right now. And plus 10 is so ecstatic, you'll come out of your body. And zero is dead neutral. yeah. So I just thought I zero. And I am walking around just zero, but I wasn't. It's probably minus one or minus two. It's a little bit morose. But I didn't know that. <laughs> Who knows? Yep. Um, I just sit there. And that little bit here is that shame, it's that tiny bit of shame works for the whole batch and you don't receive things from God and you look for that it didn't work and when you pray for something you do in the five-day program and works for everyone else and it doesn't work for you, you go, oh, things that work for me. And your body goes, oh, shame, welcome back. That's right, that's what you deserve. That's the chemical set you love. And just, no, if God says I'm clean, I'm clean, This just that, this thing that David did, he got washed himself, boldly went on, and the Aries Valley became his great success. He went from, just that God says you're clean, you're clean, that got me from like minus one to like zero to like plus one, I'm clean. When I was plus one, I felt different. And that put me to plus two. <laughs> yeah. You can feel silly for feeling silly, you can feel good for feeling good. And it was amazing, and my body wanted to keep going back to its set. And I had to keep saying it over and over again. And so in November, I did the 5DP over the five-day program over the internet, and I just had to keep saying, God says I'm clean, I'm clean. And then I actually believed it would work for me. Before I believed, didn't I? Yeah. But it's minus two, guys, believing, all right, this is communion, this is the very nature of God that I'm taking in. It goes all through my body. I don't need to eat. I go into fasting symptoms and do all this, and I, I've got reasons why I shouldn't fast. And then uh, this time, because I'm clean, I'm clean, I realize there's no condemnation. I just realized there's no reason God wouldn't do this for me. Just from minus one to plus one, that's all it was. I realized God would do this for me. God has done this for me. God loves to do this for me. If he says I'm clean, I'm clean. Uh, who? What's that Romans verse? Who can bring a charge against God's elect? Who dare? Not even me. It's a great verse and I can't remember it. It's a good one though. It's in Romans. Somewhere. Romans 8. And then, um, and, and then I just stayed in that place for a month. I said, remember, if God says I'm clean, I'm clean. I had to keep bringing it to mind. When I feel a bit down and out or just something, should remember this if God says I'm clean I'm clean oh that's right I'm clean I didn't realise I was clean yeah point being what have you done <laughs> guess what doesn't matter if God says you're clean you're clean do you want to be a fully mature son of God on the earth do you want to walk in the fullness of stature of Christ in your lifetime do you want to be a, the beloved son of God in whom I'm well pleased listen to him do you want to achieve that pursuing the desires of your heart, or God might come to you and say, yes, I see you and pursue the desires of your heart, but I have a special request of you. And you can say yes or no. You're allowed to. You're allowed to say no. No, I don't want to be a missionary. I want to be a carpenter. Fine. It's okay. It's okay. Or, okay, I'll be a, I will be. lay down the desires of my heart and be a carpenter. This is what God oh, – be a missionary, whatever. God does different things at different times to every different child. That's the offer to you now. That's what Christianity is. And what we're going to do now is we are going to expunge (laughs) that low-level condemnation that says, I'm inherently faulty. There's something wrong about me that doesn't work for me. Because if God says you're clean, you're clean. And some of us will go from minus one to plus one for the first time. And this plus one, everything flows because of your confession. But minus one, God won't do that for me. That is your confession. But the knowledge of good and evil is very accurate. <laughs> but plus one, you know God would do that for you because you're clean. You're clean, clean. Get up, wash your face, put on your clothes, eat food, and you can go back to the very area of your collapse and have great fruit or not. But you can. You're clean forever. They said, if you're born of God, the devil touches you not. So, you're spiritual warfare, forget it. The devil touches you not. Spiritual warfare done. We'll look at the devil one day and say, that was the accuse of the brethren, forget it. Once you're righteous, you're righteous. There's no claim on you. you just learning what you are. We're yeah. just going to pray. It's not going to be that long, but I won't. Uh, then I'll just let you be with God. I'll just turn the microphone off and if, it, if I pray for two minutes and another two minutes you're fine, great uh, but please if you're going to talk just maybe go out there to talk, give people time and some other people might want to just stand there for five minutes or ten minutes <laughs> or longer, okay and so we're just going to enter in however you want to do that and then I won't, I won't shut down the meeting I'll just let you just tell it off however you desire alright Father, we're raised and seated in you, and we are clean. We want our souls to know, we want our bodies to know, we want creation to know. That's what we want, that you have qualified us. And Lord, we take all the sin, all the iniquity, if we were born in iniquity, and all the shame, and we just hand it to you. We make a call on your goodness. Father, you are that good. You are that good. You are that God. We know who you are. You've revealed yourself to us in the scriptures. You've shown your hand. It's too late, God. We know you're good. We know you're merciful. We make a call on your character alone. If you say we're clean, then we're clean. We step from minus one into plus one. And you... Qualify us. And all the blessings, the double blessings of the of, of Christ. The double portion of this come to our life now by our by our own confession. But we're clean. We're clean, we're clean, we're clean. We're white as snow. Lord, against you only have we sinned. And if you say we're clean, we're clean. It's gone. Evil born in sin. It's gone. And Father, we consider the cost of building a tower, and we say, or we may say, I am the beloved son in whom you're well pleased. Father, I want to grow up and be exactly like you. May I be the beloved son in whom you're well pleased. Listen to him. And I want to make an agreement with you, the same way Peter did and John did and all everyone did. I'll be very bold about it. I may take some time on it. I'm going to take three months and think about it. But I want to pursue the desire of my heart, which I may not even give myself permission to know what it is. <laughs> the Lord, reveals me the desire of my heart. And this desire of my heart I hold in my hand, open and open hand. And Lord, you have a special request of me. Then also I'd like to hear that as well. But you've qualified me. If you say I'm clean, I am clean. You are that God. You are that Father that would do this. You have done it. It's on. And soul and body receive this reality. We are now in the kindness and the goodness of God without shame. His delight is looking at us, co-regulating our emotions and our intentions. Delight is always on us. Nothing will stand between us. No accusation will ever come, land on us. And Father, I ask now, fire your fire in the presence of your Holy Spirit. Just change our cell receptors in the chemical state of our body. Our neural architecture, our resonant frequency, the energetic structures of our body. to be here for the sake of faith I'm just claiming plus one is our new set and Lord we let you be good to us now we let you reward us according to his great righteousness, the cleanliness the cleanness of his hands the light of the sun the beloved sun, I am the beloved Son. reward me accordingly treat me accordingly I am now just coming to agree with that too I agree with it I'm the beloved son. Assign angels. Angels, whoa. You've been sitting there for so long. It's time to perform the word of God. Stand up. The ones assigned to me before the foundation of the world. We're getting on with it. If I'm 80 or 18, we're, getting, we're, getting, we're starting. The resources of heaven that sit upon my true nature. Not a good Christian, not bad Christian. This son of God open those storehouses, open that favour and highlight things to us. Let that newspaper advertisement stand out. Let the old memories stand out. Let that book come back. Let the prophecy come. Lord, we're new at this. We're new at being beloved. It's a new thing. <laughs> I ask that you would give us uh, a helping hand, a first step in and we say, wow, I believe you are that good. You would do that for me. Why? because of Christ and I am Christ and Father we're just going to spend some time talking to you some of us 30 seconds some of us much longer but we're clean because you've made us clean forever we by the righteousness of Christ and we have a call things planned for us before the foundation of the world intricately connected to the desire of our heart. And whatever it is, we know that you can build us in the fullness of the statue of Christ, that we can redeem the earth and all creation in any area, baking, science, raising three children on the farm. You are that good. And this is what you've done. And this is your delight from before the foundation of the world to make us holy and blameless in your sight.